We start a new series uh, today. You know, several years ago, we asked uh, you, we polled the audience and said, what are the biggest things that you're struggling with? And, and what you said then was balancing life's demands. That was about four or five years ago. We did another survey just the other day, just a few months ago, and we said it was a, we're part of the breakthrough series. We're still talking about breakthrough and saying, well, you know, what's the biggest thing that you deal with? What's the biggest issue? And you said stress and busyness. So for the next few weeks, we are going to scratch where you itch, okay? And we're going to say, and this is going to be hopefully a really practical series, but it's also hopefully uh, piggybacking on the, the stuff that's going on at the same time right now or a first service. There's going to be Sunday school classes or uh, Bible studies. And then also on Wednesday night, we hope that you can make it to that. If you've never been to Wednesday night, it's really special uh, because you get to know people. It's a real great way to to plug in and get connected, but also it's a great way to to deepen your faith. If the first thing, let me tell you, and it's, it's a study called Crazy Busy. And if you're thinking, you know, I just don't have time to do that, then you're probably the person that needs to hear this the, the most. If you're struggling with, you know, with too much, t- not enough time to, to do a study on crazy busy, this probably says something there. But, uh, you know, um, what, what we're going to take a look at today is, is balance. And you think about so much of life is really about balance, isn't it? Because even, even the, you know, the life and nature is about balance. The earth is, is perfectly situated uh, away from the sun, a distance from the sun. It is perfectly balanced in its, in its uh, rotation and its axis and then the, the speed of its rotation. If it was any further away, if it was going any faster or slower, if the tilt was a little different, we would either freeze to death or we would burn, we would burn up. You take a look at just uh, ecology and things and you see that, that there has to be a, a balance. If you, if you introduce a predator to a situation or, or take a predator away or, or, or take away prey, then all of a sudden the, the, what it can happen to the uh, ecology is it can be strata, uh, catastrophic, right? You take a look at, at even things like for those of you that garden or for those of you that have plants, you know that uh, a plant needs just enough, a certain amount of balance of sunlight and of moisture. If it has too much or if it has too little of either one of those things, it can kill the, the plant. We know that too with there's so many chemical balances that are going on in your body at the exact same time. And, and, and if those things get out of whack, if those chemical balances get out of whack, we can, it can affect our mood, can't it? It can affect our, our sleep. It can affect our, 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 our health. It can even affect our, our life. We know something too when, you know, is growing up or uh, we know how important balance is to, to growing up from an early age. We try to walk and we understand balance. We try to ride a bike. It, we understand balance if you've ever been, uh, had vertigo, if you've ever been on a, a merry-go-round or a, a roller coaster and you got dizzy, you understand the importance of, of balance, don't you? And we as adults, we understand the importance of balancing life, don't we? We understand the importance of where you balance your health, right? Or you balance your, your diet. You don't just eat car- carbohydrates. You don't just eat sweets, uh, even though maybe that's even what you want to do. You know that there needs to be vegetables. There needs to be, needs to be fruit. There needs to be protein in there. We have balanced diet. Otherwise, we get out of balance and we get unhealthy. But the same thing with 
We know that we need balanced portfolios. You don't put all your money in one place because that, you know, in one basket because something could happen to that basket. We understand, you know, in sports are, are so much about balance. In just a, a few weeks, the Olympics are starting. And, and you think about, you know, how much of the, the Winter Olympics are about balance when it comes to skating and skiing and snowboarding and all that. It's, it's, it's so much about balance. The arts are about balance, aren't they? You balance just enough music and the, the instruments are in balance. The, the instruments are in balance with the vocals that are also in balance. And the whole thing, so much of life is, is talking about balance. But, but sometimes if, we, if it's left unguarded, things can be very unbalanced, can't they? Things can go out of balance if we just go one way or the other. And so life really is a huge thing about being in in balance. So, but here's the, in fact, one thing uh, I asked, I knew I was going to do this series and I had my, uh, I was at the, the garage and, and having my tires rotated and balanced. And I said, what happens if a car gets out of balance? What happens if, if things, and, and the guy was very clear and he said, you know, first of all, you start to feel it uh, because things start shaking. It affects the ride and pretty soon things start to, 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 to wear down. And then they start to break down. It affects the entire ride. And I thought, what a perfect illustration if, if we're out of balance in, in any way. We start to feel it, don't we? If our life is out of balance, we feel it. And those around us feel it as, as well. And not only do we, do we feel it, but things start, to, things start to wear down, don't they? Our body, emotionally, spiritually, in, in, relationally, things start to break down. And eventually they, they break if we keep going at the pace that we're... That, that we're going and it affects the whole ride doesn't it it affects all of of life but something that's wild is when you take a look at balance when we talk about that we're going to look at that today is is the bible never mentions that word doesn't in fact if you take a look at the writings of uh, the sayings of jesus the writings of paul in the new testament uh you'll find out at at least for our focus he, they call it to be, uh, to be very out of balance in our focus and in our priorities. And here it is. This is what, uh, what Jesus said. He said this. Love the Lord your God. Here he said this is the, the way to start out with being balanced in the rest of your life is starting out with the right thing. He said love the Lord your God with how much? All your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. He does not say, you know what, give 25% of your attention to God. Give 25, give 38% of your, of, your, of your devotion to God. He's saying 100%. Here's how you start out life, what life is about. You have to make sure that, that, you, that you're loving God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And Paul, uh, you know, really said about the same thing when he said this. In Philippians 1.21, he says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. My whole life, he's saying, is about God. And then uh, he also says this, For whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom sake I've lost everything. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. And the word there for rubbish is the word, it's cow patty, it's manure, it's poo-poo, that's what he's saying. He said, 
I consider everything else outside of Jesus Christ, everything else is manure compared to, compared to that. And then also he said this, not that I've already obtained all this or I've already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus has taken hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have taken hold of it yet, but one thing I do, wow, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is, uh, what is ahead, I t- press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. When you say that there's one thing you do, when you say everything else in your life is a cow patty compared to that, that's not really a balanced life as far as focus, as far as priorities. But then the great thing is, is Jesus was amazingly great at, at living out that balance. I mean, what, what you see, him, him working hard in ministry, him working hard with, with, with praying for people and loving people and, and, and preaching and, and teaching and, and mentoring and all that. We see him working hard, but at the same time, we see him goofing off. We see him have an incredibly balanced life of work and play. We see him at, 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 at weddings. We see him cutting up with, with, with tax collectors and, and, and at parties in people's houses and other, other places. We see him hanging out with kids. We see him sometimes just saying, guys, there's so much going on here. We got to leave. We're going to take a, take a break for a, for a little while. Incredibly balanced there. We also see him balanced with, he, is, he spends so much time with thousands of people. But then he also spent time with just a handful of people. He, we see him spending time with thousands over here. And we send him, see him spending time only with, between he and his father time and time again. He had this balanced life of public and private. He had that thing going on. And some maybe somebody's here and going, yeah, well, of course he does because he didn't have, he didn't have as much on his plate as I do. Well, I'd probably beg to differ there. There are times that we feel we have to be perfect in life. Aren't there? There's just that feeling that that people are expecting that from us. He had to be perfect. There are times that we think, man, that it, everything if we don't do it, it's not going to get done. We're the Messiah. We have to come in and save everything. Well, he was the Messiah, and he did have to save everything. And we think that sometimes, there's so many times, you know, I can relate to this where, where there's, you know, people expect your attention, and so many people are pulling you in different places at the same time, and you're going, and, but again, can you imagine, think about Jesus with that. I mean, I just got a glimpse of what he went through sometimes on the mission field. And I remember one time being, the first time we went to a certain area in, in, in Africa. And I remember we drove up and it was crazy. I've never seen anything like this. Uh, there's hundreds of people that are running next to the van and trying to reach their in and, and touch our hand and touch us as we're, as we're driving by. And then, we, we, then we, we, we park. And suddenly there's just this, this mass of people just coming. And, and, and the little boys are wanting to hold your hands and the little girls are wanting to hold the, 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 the lady's hands. I remember actually having to stop fist fights because some of the kids were so de- wanting to, to hold your hand and the press of the crowd was incredible and it never stopped. There were just all these people all the time and there were times that we were doing services and you had to just leave. You had to get up on top of the van and just be away for a little while because the press of the crowd was just, was just too much. And I remember there was an 18-year-old girl with us one time from California and she was, and she was blonde-haired and, and it really stood out and it always seemed that she had 30, 40 girls around her just in this mob and, and about three or four are always wanting to touch her hair and I remember her just looking up one time and giving me that look if you've ever had a, a, a dog that had like 10 or 12 puppies that, that she was nursing at the same time it was kind of that look of get me out of here right 
And I remember one time that, that I don't even know how this happened. You talk about just, <laughs> this was the most surreal thing. But we were in the middle of the desert, days drive away from, any, from anything. And all of a sudden, somebody appeared with a cold Coca-Cola with every one of us, for every one of us. That was from God, right? I mean, that, was the, that had to be the most delicious Coke I have ever put in my mouth. We hadn't had anything except for, you know, a temperature around 78, you know, 80, 90 degrees was probably the coolest thing we'd, we'd, we'd drunk in, in days. And suddenly there's this cold Coca-Cola. And I remember thinking, I just want to drink this in private. And I remember all of a sudden some people were doing something over here. And I thought, now's my chance. And I ran. I ran around the, 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 some of the cars and some went into one of the, the big trails that we had and I got in the back of the trailer and I just huddled down and I just took a drink and you know when it's when you're so thirsty that you can just feel it all the way down and I'm thinking oh and just a couple seconds of relaxation then all of a sudden this head appeared over the thing and, go, and he sees me and he goes oh, you know, it's all this thing, and, and suddenly there's, there's, there's 10 or 12 heads just looking at me drinking a Coke. And that kind of ruins the whole thing of trying to be alone and trying to drink this. When everybody's watching you drink, you really feel weird at that point. And so, uh, but, but I thought, man, this is what he lived with all the time. Of just this incredible press of the, of, of the crowd. But here's the wild thing about Jesus, too, is, is when you think about it, he could, his life could have been unbelievably unbalanced because of the ridiculous demands on his life. But he was so unbelievably balanced. You, we see him tired from ministry, but we never see him burn out. We never see him frazzled. We never see him frayed. We never see him just at wit's end, even though he's working hard. And the other thing is we, we also, we see him getting a ton of stuff done. But we, we never see him rushing. We never see him hurried. He always seems to be just cool, calm, and collecting. Here's the thing. That some people, you type A personalities are probably thinking, well, if I really did what he was doing and, and did things according to his principles, I'd never get really everything done that I need to get done. But he accomplished more in his lifetime than any person that has ever walked this planet. He had the greatest effect on the world of any person that has ever, that has ever lived, unquestionably. And he did it all in three years. I mean, think of that. He did more than all of us will do in our lifetime, and he did it in three years, and, and somehow he did it where he wasn't frazzled, where he wasn't burnt out, and where he, wasn't, where he wasn't exhausted and running around like a chicken with his head cut off. So I don't know about you, but I'm thinking, I want to know how he did that. I really want to know that in my life, because I want to, for God to accomplish things in my life. I want to accomplish the things that I need to accomplish in life, but I'm tired of being frazzled. I'm tired of do, running around like a chicken with my head cut off, and and I want to know how he did it. So how did he do it? The first thing is, is he um, made the main thing the main thing. If you've ever, you know, imagine that you are at a pond and your job is to try to get all the little ducklings. You know, there's seven or eight ducklings in there and your job is to try to get those. Now, what's going to happen if you go and you try to grab one of those ducklings and you may grab one of the ducklings, what's going to happen to the other ducklings? They're going to scatter everywhere, aren't they? So how do you do it? How would you get all the ducklings? You get mama duck, and wherever mama duck is, the little, the little ducklings will, will follow. You, make the main, you get the main thing, and all those other things will, will, will follow. And see, what happens is, it, the, Jesus said this. He said, seek first the kingdom of God 
and His righteousness. And all these other things will, will, will take care of themselves. All these other things will be added unto you. And see, we really don't believe that. We really don't believe He was serious about that. We really do not believe that if we truly put God first, that everything else would follow as a matter of course. But I'm telling you, you know, you and I know what it feels like to just go after the little ducklings and go after this thing and this thing and this thing. And then we're wondering why everything's un- out of control and why we've never got really anything. But man, if we just take the main thing, Jesus said, trust me in this. If we make Him the main thing, then all these other things, doesn't mean we goof off, doesn't mean we never do anything, but it means that God has this way of putting, making everything take else come in line if we get that main priority in place. And, and, and think of also develop the biblical priorities in our life. That's something God wants us to do. And, and think about what we have to do in life. That we, when you're a little kid, you have to balance things, but not too many things. But as you grow up, you're a student, and you have to, gra- you have to balance uh, going to school and homework, and you have to balance the social activities, and you have to balance going to church and devotions and be involved in youth group or a campus activity. You have to be involved maybe balancing your, your work in, involved with that and everything. And, and, and then we, as, you, as we grow up, we have even other balances that we have to do. When we get married, we have to balance... Being with you know family and being at, at work. When you have kids, you have to balance. You know, if you have more than one kid, you have to balance which kid you're there and how they get to different organizations and and their practices and everything. Very uh, you figure out on on the the balance there. We're always balancing as Christians. We have to balance ministry and receiving from from God, making sure that we're getting fed. Because if all we're doing is if all we're doing is ministry and we're not getting fed, we're going to be burnt out really really quickly. But if we're all we're doing is getting fed and we're not doing ministry, we're going to get spiritually fat really, really quick as, as well. God wants that balance. And we balance food and, and sleep and work and, and chores and things that have to get done around the house and all these things. And that's just the major thing. There's also the thousand little things that we have to try to balance every, every day. So how do we do that? How do we decide of all those things that we have to do in a day, how do we have to decide what is the most important? Jesus tells us the first two. They're easy. Okay, here's what he, here's what he says. <clears throat> he says in Matthew twenty two thirty six. 36. We just read one of it. But he said, here's priority number one for you. Here's priority number two. He says, uh, which is the greatest commandment? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. This is your first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. All of the law and prophets hinges on two, these two things. He said, we can boil down life down into two things. Love God with everything. Love people. Love God. Love people. Love God. So those are our first two priorities. Priorities. And in fact, you can, I, think, I think biblically you can, can also boil those down to the number one person in, your, in our life should be our, our spouse. The next thing should be our, our family, that that should be their friendships should be important. And, and that kind of goes with, with this. Is, um, is, so get your priorities uh, in, uh, oh, here it is, priority formula. What are you going to have at the end of the day? At the end of the day, what are you going to have? Because those are the things that should be most important. At the end of the day, here's what's going to happen. None of us are going to be able to take our money with us or our possessions with us when we leave this earth. Not, not one of us. We're not going to be able to do that. What are the th- so then what, is, what can we take? When we leave this earth, what's the, two, what's the two things we can take? We can take our relationship with God, and we can take the impact and the influence that we've had in other people, the way we have loved other, other people. That's the only two things that are, that are going with us to, uh, to heaven. So shouldn't that be if, excuse me, 
if that's the most important thing now in eternity, shouldn't that be the most important thing? That, that, that God and family and friends should be more important than, uh, than the, other, the other things, than jobs and stuff like, like that, or acquiring things. And that's the other thing is, is also, at the end of the day, we're going to all retire. We're gonna all, there's going to come a time where we stop working, hopefully, at least in theory. And here's the thing, too, is, is at the end of the day, what are you still left with? You're still left with your family and friends. So, so maybe family and friends should be more important than all the things that we do and try to do all those. And of course we have to make a living. Of course we have to do that. But this, at the end of the day, is more important than this. Also, at the end of the day, if you're, if you're married and have, have kids, there's, in theory, the kids are someday going to be away. And uh, at least not as intricately in, involved. So you're left with what? You're left with your spouse. So the spouse and pouring into that should be even more important than pouring into our, our kids. And that's just a way to develop priorities. What are you left with? at the end of the, the, the day. And here's something too. So, so the first thing is this. Have our priorities in order and then secondly, live them out. It's one thing to have priorities. Of, you know what? God needs to be number one in my life. My family needs to be number two in my life. It's, it, that's easy to make the priorities. Living it out is a completely different thing, isn't it? I don't know about you, but every day of my life, I have to tr- try to live out the priorities I've already made. I can say that God is the most important thing in my life, but every day I have to put him there. Every day I have to make sure I have that time with him. Every day I have to make sure that, he's, that he is not, you know, let's try to figure out everything else and then if, if I have time for God or room for God but it's we start everything with him and, and, and work everything around that I have to do that every day and uh, it's like if you have if it's raining outside and you have an umbrella you still have to engage that umbrella don't you you may have it and it may be there and everything but you have to use the umbrella same thing you may have priorities but we actually have to use the priorities and live out the priorities that we that we have and sometimes maybe understanding about uh, living out priorities it's kind of like packing a car. How many of you are the primary car packers in your, in your family? The one to do that. So, all right, hands going up. Maybe you can relate to this. I like it. I like that bubble. Man, I am ready for the ski trip this year. It is on. I've been watching some Sean White videos. I am ready to go big air this year. Big. big. You know what? I know because, I mean, you've only told me about it a hundred times today. I'm glad you're excited. Really, at this point, the only thing left is for me to pack the car. I got it. I got it this year. What? what? I'm going to pack the car. You're going to pack the car. I got it. Do you remember the last time that you packed the car? Hey, you know, um, it didn't I, go so well. No, no, it didn't. Um, so you're sure about this, really? Hey, you know, last, I, year, I, last year was, you know, it, it had its issues. But I think this year, I've been, I've been strategizing it down, and I, and I got it. Are you sure? I got this. All right, well, there's a few other things I guess I could do. Um, so if you want to take the lead on it, I mean, we'll see how it goes. That's all.
Are we all set? We're ready. It's awesome. Let's do it. Guys, ready to go? Check it out. This is awesome. It's it's in there. It's it's, it's it jangled in there just right. <laughs> Dad, how am I gonna sit? I'm sorry, honey. I guess you might have to stay with Grandma and Dita this year. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we can't do that. We're gonna have to make room for him. All right, no problem. I got this. You know, when you pack the car, first of all, every car has a limit. There's only so much you can pack into it. So you have to understand that. And then if you have to have the priorities, the things you definitely want in there, do you start with other things or you just start with the priorities, right? And you, what you want, you want to make sure that the, the main things are in there. You want to make sure the people are in there, but also you don't want to just cram everything in there. You want to make sure that there is room to breathe, right? That there's room to maneuver. You need space. You need... Uh, in and, and also, you need to be able to, to see. And, and I want you to think about that with, with driving in other ways, too. I want you to think about that you're driving and suddenly is, somebody is right on your bumper. Right on your bumper. How does that make you feel? What happens to the quality of your drive if someone is right on your, on your bumper? How do you feel about that? We, you need margin, right? You need, also need margin. I want you to be thinking about going up 85 and, and being in that concrete barrier, right? And you just barely, there's barely enough room for you. And then when, if a big semi goes by, that happened the other day and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, because he was even over, over the side and there was almost no room. And, and my, again, my, you know, my comfort level was, was down to zero and I was at a white knuckle grip and it took away everything because there was no margin and there's times in our life there's only so much we can fit into our life as well into our schedule as well and we need to make sure that the the most important things get in there first because otherwise we'll we'll try to we can't fit them in later and we need margin you know i know families that are just frantic that they try to do everything. They try to get everything done and they're trying to involve in, in, uh, their kids in every sport and every activity and everything. And, and they're just frantic going from one place to the other. There's no margin in their life. The priorities kind of go out of the way and, and, and they're not enjoying the trip. They're just not enjoying the trip. And maybe sometimes less really is more to just make sure that we have breathing room, to make sure we're able to see, to make sure there is margin in our, in our life. And I'll tell you, there's, well, there's one really, really mortal enemy of the important, and that's the urgent, isn't it? I mean, there's times that we have, we know what's the most important, and sometimes the most, the urgent things comes in and squeezes out the most important thing that, that we've, we've probably all been there, that something at work is so, is so urgent that suddenly for a little while our, our family takes a, takes a back place, or some, maybe some at school that you're so busy and involved in midterms or finals or things like this that you just don't do the, you, you, you get out of youth group, you get out of uh, having a devotional time, and we just know what that, that feels like, but remember that 
the, the, to do the important things and even when the urgent tries to get our attention. And the next thing is let God be the one who packs the car. There was a, when I was in, in seminary, that we lived in a community, a housing, a housing community, and, and when somebody would, would move in mid-semester, we'd always go there and, tr- and help people move in. And, and usually the cars were just, you know, it was a moving van and things were everywhere and just, they tried to just put everything in there and it was just a, a mess and it was craziness. But I'll never forget when Chris and his wife uh, came in, drove in across the street and several of us just went out there to try to help them. And I'm telling you, I've never seen anything like their trailer. There was just a flatbed trailer that was not all that big and it contained, I mean, everything. It had a whole kitchen set. It had a whole living room set. It had a whole bedroom set. It had all their clothes, all their everything. And, and it fit, I'm telling you, it fit like a glove. You know those puzzles that just go like this and you have to take them out and move them and everything that you can't? It was, it was a work of art. You could not have put sand there and made it go to the bottom. You couldn't have put water and had it go to the bottom. It was amazing. And we looked at them and we, we didn't even want to touch it. It was so beautiful. We said, I said how did you do this? And he goes, and he kind of laughed, and he said, well, my father-in-law works for NASA. And he said, and he packs the space shuttle. So he came and he measured every single thing and he said, this is how, if you listen to what I'm saying, everything will fit in here like a glove. And it did. And I thought, you know, not only did he get twice as much in as anybody else that would come there, but it also, it didn't look like the Beverly Hillbillies. It was, it was you know, it was all there and all in order. And, you, and, and maybe, 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 what would happen if we let our Heavenly Father pack the trunk? If we said, God, here, we'll let you pack this trunk. I, I wonder, I wonder, uh, I wonder if we too would get twice as much done in a day and not even, and instead of it, our life looking like the Beverly Hillbillies, it actually has some order and, and things in it. This is because that is exactly what God tells us to do for us to give him the calendar and let him pack the trunk in Romans 12, 1 and 2. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. And God is saying this. He's saying, make me the number one priority. Give me the calendar. Let me run to to call the shot. Surrender that part of your life and you watch what I can do. And see, that's scary for us, isn't it? It's scary for us to really say, God, here's my calendar. You take it. But you think about it. You think about it. Who created time? Who knows how it best operates? Who created us? Who knows how we best operate? Who's in our future right now and knows exactly what we need to do to accomplish everything we need to do? When you really th- and who has the track record of doing more in a lifetime than any of us could do in three years and not be afraid and, and, and frantic about it? So maybe it would make perfect sense to do that. And one thing I try to do, I try every week on Sunday night, I'll probably walk around and, and, and say, God, I give you this week, or we'll pray, and say, God, we give you this week, and we ask that you, you help us to do what you want us to do. Put us in the center of your will. You guide and you direct. You see all that we have to do. Please organize this. And then also every day, I try to wake up and go, God, this, I give you this day. This, I give you this day as an offering. Please, you be the one. 
Uh, and, and I'll tell you, when you do that, sometimes God will not do what you expect. Because I remember one time a few weeks ago, I, I was, I had too much on my plate. I was running around like a chicken with my head cut off. And I thought, God, I have way too much here. Please, please organize this day because I got way too much on the, on the agenda. And I had no sooner said amen than Marianne called me up and said, there's somebody in the hospital. They don't know Jesus. They don't have a personal relationship and they're going to die any minute. Would you please go up there and talk to this person? Long story short, one of the most beautiful things, I mean, just somebody so easily and so quickly and so sincerely gives their life to Jesus Christ. And I thought, you know, here on my agenda, I had preparing a sermon and God's agenda. He had a salvation. That was pretty good, right? And then here's the amazing thing is, is I got more done that day than I could have ever done. And even that's with taking whatever time that. And it's just one of those things that I don't know how God does it. I don't know how God takes money and whatever I give him, he gives me more back. I don't know how that works, but I know it does. And so do you. But is it possible that he does the same with time? We say, God, here, here's this. And sometimes he'll say, go do this. And it's not in our agenda. It's not what we had planned. But all of a sudden, God, not only do this, but somehow we have time to do the other. He is, can God multiply time just like he can multiply resources? Maybe he can. Um, and, and something else there, too, is it seems like, um, like we're going to live our life one of two ways. And there's Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, he has this little quote in there that, that I think really talks about most of us in our culture today. And here's what it says. Maybe you can relate to this. Isaiah 49.4, I've used up all my strength, but I've accomplished nothing. How many of us have run after the little ducklings everywhere and all of a sudden maybe you get one duck and five others are just going there and, and maybe you come home exhausted and you really wonder, what, did I, what happened today? What do we do? But make contrast that with Jesus who did more with less and didn't frazzle or fray or burn out about it. And maybe here's what he says. Listen to this amazing promise he gives us. And this is kind of our verse for the whole, uh, for the whole series. Come to me, all you who are weary and overburdened, and I will give you rest. Can anybody relate to that? Anybody overburdened? Anybody weary? And he says, anybody tired? And he says, he'll give you, and there's the, one of the words that we have for this year. One of the three words is, is rest. Um, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and humble in heart and you will have find rest there it is again for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light and again I say if you're overstressed overburdened running around like a chicken with your head cut off burn out you're not taking on what God wants you to do because somehow God says if we do his thing we're going to get more done and somehow we're going to do it where we're not going to feel like the world's caving in on us Amen? If we could pray. God, we pray that you help us to truly make you the main thing and not just in theory, not just what we do say, but God, every day of our life, um, we want to seek you first and your kingdom and your righteousness. And God, we trust and believe that you're going to have, make everything else fall into place. God, help us to have the biblical priorities of, of you first and, and people second and our the things that really are going to matter and be there at the end of the day to, to be there. God, help us to live out those priorities. Help us, God, we say, every day of our life, we want you to pack the trunk. We want you to, to, to guide and direct us because we'll, we will get overstressed and we will have a little margin in our life. But God, we want to learn from your example. 
and we're tired of being weary and overburdened. And God, we ask for your rest. Help us every day this week and for the rest of our life. Carry your yoke for us and not this world's. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.